What's good, everybody? This is WNM FM 90.5 Halftime with the Playmakers, your midweek partner with the live show, The Playmakers, which is recorded here in the School of Journalism and Graphic Communication at Florida A&M University. I'm your host, Mr. 813 from the Tampa, Florida. I'm Kibi, and I'm here with my guys in the studio. Guys, go ahead, introduce yourself. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? It's DMV Leak on the mic, man. Yo, it's your boy Young Hefe, Jeffrey Hill Jr. in the building. It's Brian Houghton Jr., you know, representing Broward County as per usual, man. How y'all feeling today, man? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling good. We got a good show in store. <laughs> this guy's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they, they hate me, guys, but it's okay. We got a great show in store for you guys. So without further ado, we're going to jump right into it. This is our series, Who's Next, where we bring on various athletes, sports industry leaders, people that have been retired athletes. We bring them on onto our show to talk a little bit about themselves and their upbringing and even just discuss a little bit of sports with us. And today we have Paul DeRozelle, NFL agent, up and coming sports agent in the sports industry. Paul, what's going on, brother? How are you doing today? What up, man? I'm happy to see you again, bro. It's, it's been, what, two weeks? Yes, that, that... It's been two weeks, brother. And man, oh man, have I been busy in these two weeks. Where, where y'all meet each other at, Mott? So, for those of you who don't know, I was blessed with the opportunity to be a part of the NFL Experiential Program this semester. So, I was able to travel to New York to present a case study where we were working on globalizing fag football. And so, I met Paul because when I got to the hotel, my room wasn't ready because the, the internship coordinator didn't put me and a few other people down. So Paul seen me wearing my Sphinxman hoodie and Paul's a good brother at A5A. You feel me? So he he walked up to me and he was like, what's good, bro? And you know, ever since then, we just, we were just been kicking it and chilling. He let me put my stuff in his room until I got my room situated. Took me and a couple people out to eat. You know, That's solid great, dude. Man. Solid dude from the jump, man. And as I got to know him more, I just realized like, man, this this guy is really him. <laughs> nah, <laughs> I'm a, I'm man. A, I'm a let nah, you, bro. I'm gonna let you introduce yourself to the fellas to the people listening in man and talk a little bit about yourself just how you got to where you are today for sure hey bro and you leaving out the part of the story though you know as having gone to hbcu southern university one thing i think about going to hbcu you know how to you know what it feels like for stuff to not always be on time yeah so i saw y'all out there i'm like come on man let's go get some food they didn't pay me to come speak you know drop the bag at the pizza place like 33 dollars. <laughs> but you feel me but you know i like I, I know that feeling and I know what that's like, dog. So I that that was all of it. I was happy to happy to be able to do that for y'all. But that's love. just a quick background, man. My name is Paul Derrissell. I'm from Eunice, Louisiana, city southwest Louisiana, about thirteen thousand people. I went to Southern University for undergrad. Two time, not one time, two time swag champion. Y'all ain't know. I know I don't look I know I look like a big one guard or a slot receiver, but I actually played tennis in college. Jeez. We was out yeah. we were in those trenches. That's what's shout up, out to man. all my teammates. But uh then I went on to Southern University Law Center, uh graduated law center, Magna Cum Laude or whatever, you know, put up a few numbers. Uh went on, <laughs> worked at Wild Guy Charlotte Mangie's a big firm for about the initial first four or five years of my career. Transitioned uh did some work with City of Dallas Attorney's Office. Worked uh, with the worked with Duran and Carthon. Still practice law here and there. You know when I'm not trying to elevate the agency. 
got in the sports agency about 2012-2013, man. And, you know, I know you got some follow-up questions that's going to come from that, but that's pretty much it, man. I'm a father. I got an 11-year-old, Alana Bliss. That's my baby. If this was live, she'd be in the comments. She'd been, she been flexing a little at school uh, lately. I had to talk to her about humility and acting like we've been there before. Yeah. But she like, but dad, we haven't. Mm. But, which, was a, which was a great point. Yes. But, that's a great you know, point. That's what you how, want. How's how she want. doing? How's she doing? She there with you? No, she, uh, she's actually doing what's, what's called leap testing right now. Okay. So she in school right now, but man, she, she doing great, man. And, and, and to know that as a dad, you probably seen on my Instagram, that's my twin. Yes, sir. But you know, to, to for her to see me start to kind of elevate and she's been there with me so long through all the, the battles, through all the adversity, to see her proud of me, man, that that meant more to me than any of the retweets, honestly. Like when your kid, I tell you they proud of you, dog, it, it hit way different. I'm knowing. So Paul, I just want to kind of to kick it off by just, you know, addressing the elephant in the room, man. So <laughs> just walk us through, walk us through how the deal with the Titans D-Tackle got done. Just walk us through. It was a contract extension, four years, about roughly $94 million. Just kind of talk about what that experience was like. What like what it was like just working not only with him, negotiating with the Titans organization, and then, you know, what what kind of what helped you overpass that that um that obstacle to get that deal done? Man, that's a good question, bro. So man, going into the deal, bro, you know, for those who don't know, Jeffrey Simmons, two-time pro bowler. All pro, two teams, two times second team, all pro defensive tackle. One, one of the best football players in the business, bro. Top two. I don't, you know, I don't buy that. You, you know, bro is different. <laughs> but so, what? Honestly, man, I had been talking to the Titans before the season started, and the Titans fired their general manager like week ten or eleven, bro. So me and the the previous general manager, we had kind of been talking about the frameworks of what a deal was going to look like. We were going to try to get it done early, as soon as the season was over. Titans don't traditionally negotiate in season. So once we knew they wasn't trying to pay us before year four started, we just like, all right, bro, we're going to just play ball and, and we're going to make it happen. So they fired the GM. So the whole end of the season, there is no GM. There's nobody to talk to. So I get an alert on my phone, said the new general manager, Ran Carthon. So I looked him up, black, first black general manager in Titans history. In, wow. And yeah. brother of five beta sigma, shout out to them boys. He's a Florida guy too. So he's mm. from Florida, played in the league for a while. So he got hired like on the Tuesday. He had texted me by Thursday. He like, hey bro, what's up, man? This is Ran. So we start talking, you know, and he like, Jeffrey is a big priority. Let's get this done. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, that's cool. You can want, you can want to get stuff done all you want, but the way you show me you love me is how you gonna pay me. So Rand and I, they sent their first offer at the Pro Bowl, bro. I was at the Pro Bowl and I can tell y'all since y'all family. The first offer, it was cool. It was a five-year deal. It was a five-year deal. Like most younger agents would have seen that and been like, let's ride. Oh, oh yeah, I'm I'm out here. And what I've learned that when people know that you haven't done a deal on this level it's kind of like being a young cornerback in the game when they see you the first what they gonna do they, they gonna, gonna test you the whole game yeah they out here ha ha you know they hit me with double moves and <laughs> so when when that first offer came while we at the pro bowl i'm like joe this ain't it dog and like buckle up this is gonna be a ride but the first offer was respectful it wasn't like 13 million it was a it was a good number so you know we just kept working at it man me and ran and ran bro if you read anything about him he's a He's a, a dope guy, but you understand why he's elevated at 42 years old already to be a GM. So me and Rand, 
went back and forth, man, a lot of texting, a lot of talking, back and forth, back and forth. My ultimate goal was to get it to a four-year deal. So what you don't know, like as an agent, one of the first things you want to get is a term. They were at five. I wanted four. And I, I wanted to be at four because I feel like in three, four years, Jeff is going to be in his Aaron Donald era. And I didn't want us to be locked in for too long with the salary cap set to explode, all these things happening. I wanted to be right at that market at about 29 as the Titans were going into a new stadium. Mm. If you're going to build a new stadium, you got to bring your best player with you. So all of these are going through my mind, bro, factoring in what the market is doing. And all this is, is going into it, man. And the biggest leap we made in the negotiation, man, I was out there in April, like April 1st. I went to church, uh, Bishop, uh, Mount Zion. And the title of the sermon was Promise, God's Promise and His Process. And then me and Rand at that point, bro, we had kind of were at a stalemate in negotiations. There's going to come a point in negotiations where, look, they not moving. We not moving. Y'all know that meme with Puff and the other dude looking at each other? Yeah. And they just, like, that's where we were. Yeah. And, man, I'm sitting in church, and I text Rain. I said, hey, bro, I'm flying out to New York in a little bit. This is the day before I met you. Yeah. I said, I said, hey, bro, I, I looked, I Googled. I said, man, I'm seven minutes away from the facilities. I'm pulling up on you. I pulled up to the Titans facility after church with all my bags. We put the deal on the screen, and we just got active. Mm. I said, bro, we can get this done in a week. If you're incentivized and I'm incentivized, I say, bro, let's let this ego go. I say, you a new GM. I'm a I'm a young agent. So we both trying to hold our, you know. Right. And he, he saw what we did, bro. And about a week later, I gave him the call. Good Friday. Jeff was on vacation. He announced it. And ain't nothing. It's like the Drake album. Nothing was the same. Bro. Yeah, nothing. Man. So I, I was just happy to help him to play a small role in a big deal, bro. That's amazing. And so what was that? What was that experience working with the new GM? Because you both are fairly young in your perspective areas. So what was that process like when you guys decided when you pulled up to the Titans facility and you just decided to like, hey, let's just put our put our differences aside. Let's get to work. Let's get this deal done. What was that experience like? I think, man, it was just we both had the same goal. Right? And, and when two people had the same goal and, and they never got disrespectful, disrespectful, it was always the word I used in the ESPN article. It was always collaborative yeah. and not combative. Yeah. But you just got two young bulls throwing haymakers. Like he's making points. I'm making points. I'm pulling out PFF stuff. He's counterpointing. And, and he's a GM that played the game, bro. So he's talking about sack numbers i'm talking about impact and how jeff impacts the game despite not having double digit sacks bringing up who else is on his d line so bro it was i got better you know that bible verse about iron sharpens iron yeah i got better and the thing about it is he and our friends like bro he's sending me a ace of spades bottle after the deal got done he's like we are we friends now we really talk every day it's almost like we went through a players process together bro like, honestly and um those talks were very high level he got better, I got better, and ultimately Jeff won, and the organization won. It's one of those rare deals where everybody walks away like, all right, I could have got more, but it's a good deal. And we'll see him again. We'll be back at the table in a couple of years. And I told Rand, I said, next time it ain't going to be all of this. It's just going to be a blank check. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's what's up, man. Hey, what's up, Paul? It's, it's Malik. So I have what a up, question bro? for you. Coming from an HBCU, there's a lot of kids – our age that look at you and like look at you as an inspiration so what's one piece of advice you would give to a, a college student who dreams to be an nfl agent nba agent someday i would tell them the first thing bro if you ain't got the heart for it don't try it at home because you know sometimes a lot of people think they want to be an agent right just because you know you see nicole and you see rich paul you see the lifestyle but what you don't see behind the curtain is all the body blows you're gonna take all the adversity the uh, amount of 
money that is going to take up front or either barring. Like people never see, people only see your highlights that you scored 30 points. They don't see all the shots you miss and how hard it is, man. So the first thing I would say is to take a deep look at yourself and see if you really want to do this because it's not easy at all. It's doable, but it's not easy. Second thing I'll say is uh, utilize your resources. You probably got more resources than you think, man. Like that, You probably know, everybody thinks you got to know NFL general managers. Why not pull up to these all-star games and get to know these scouts? Scouts ultimately move up and go into the front office. So use those resources, man. Find out where you're from. Where you're from probably got kids that are superstars in high school. Start building those relationships and those foundations are early, man. Use your LinkedIn. Use all your resources. And the most important thing, bro, is don't quit when it gets hard. Because that's really a thing, bro. It, there are times where I almost, and I, me and Ahmad talked about this at length, where it was about 10, 15 times I almost threw that towel in. But yeah. I wanted it that bad, bro. And it goes back to that first point. If you want it bad enough and it really means a lot to you, you got to have a heart for it, bro. I can give you all the advice. You can go to all the symposiums. You can go to all the training. But you you really, really got to want it and you got to love it and you want to be you got to want to be elite, bro. That's what's up. That's what's up, Paul. Hey, my name is Jeffrey, and my question to you is you talked about it briefly about your upbringing. So my question to you is how did your journey to become an NFL agent come about? Like, what what made you say, like, yeah, I want to be an agent? Man, that's a good question, bro. I, and, you know, I'm happy to answer that question every time, bro. Uh, my love for football, bro. I come from a small town. So the high school football players, they was like our celebrity, right? Like you're like, oh man, that's Malcolm Mitchell. That's Ernest. That's Ron Thomas. I ain't even care about the Saints because we were trash back then. You know, I cared about I cared about the high school players. And you know, my mom was a school teacher. So she taught all the so they always come to the house, always playing Nintendo, Genesis, playing all the stuff with me, PlayStation. So I always loved football, bro. And I'll never forget my mom and them took me to uh, a 49ers Saints game and, they, and we got to go to the team hotel. And I saw Steve Young, saw Joe Montana, all these people. And I really walked up to Joe Montana. I was like, bro, they're going to trade you because they can't pay you with Steve Young. I'm seven. My mom looking at me like, bro, like, what's wrong? This kid is on one. So I always love sports, man. I always just got along with athletes. Y'all know how it is. Like certain people you just connect with and you yep, can't bro. really explain it. Yeah. But it's like, I've always gotten along with athletes. Not on no groupie type. Uh, it was just, I always got along with them. So when I went to law school, bro, crazy enough, what really made me go take the test was there was a kid from my hometown who's playing at LSU. And he's like, hey, bro, I want you to, you know, go get your A. You're going to be my guy. I'm like, bet. So I go take the test. I go do everything, bro. Paid $4,000, studied for the test, did everything I could. Got time to, for him to sign with me. And bro, hit me. Y'all know what it is like when them when y'all they about to have a kickback with some girls and they right. they like, you're going to hate me. You get that? <laughs> yeah. Like, don't be mad. I got that. That. So he signed with somebody else. And at that moment, bro, I'm like, this is, this is crazy. Like, how how am I going to sustain? But I just kept at it, bro. Undrafted guy. But signing those undrafted guys allowed me to build, you know, learn how to deal with athletes and manage expectations and, and deal with all these different teams. And uh, 2018 comes and DJ Chart, second round pick. You know, that was my first, you know, that was my first breakthrough. So naturally you're thinking, oh, man, it's up from here. I'm about to go crazy. Nah, when it got time for him to get a second contract, I got the same text. Like, hey, bro, I'm, I'm signing with somebody else. When it was time for me to finally get paid, kept at it. Kept at it. And, and you know, 
Jeffrey Simmons, Tyree Phillips, those guys came into my life at a time where I really thought about throwing in that towel, bro. And uh, I mean, here we are, dog. Like, yes, it, sir. It, 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 it don't make sense, bro. Like every time I tell people the story, I'm like, I know you're not going to believe me, dog. But yeah, I done took so many L's, which is why it's funny when people are tweeting like I'm an overnight sensation or something. Like, nah, dog. I've been dropping SoundCloud albums for a long time. <laughs> not, this is just my first time. Like, now you see I'm, I'm, I'm like that. That's inspirational. <laughs> that That's is inspirational. I, I remember when we were in New York and you were telling me that story at first and I was just thinking to myself, you know, like, it's so many times when, like, we feel like giving up in our own perspective things, even just, like, uh, you know, like, when maybe we didn't get this internship or maybe we didn't do as well as we may have thought we should have did on an assignment or something like that. Or, you know, even when we were so rightfully deserving and we still didn't get it. But, you know, when I was hearing you in New York talking, it was like, man, like, there is no reason why giving up should ever be an option. And so... <laughs> You know that just goes along. It, it, it can't, bro. Uh, and, and not to turn this into a motivational talk, but like I believe that, like when God gives you a vision, it's it's hard for it to go away. Like if, if that's really what you want to do, if you look in the Bible, bro, Joseph, David, all the great stories are are filled with like him. Uh, you know what I mean? So I just developed the mantra, "Why not me?" You know, like I'm I'm just. I'm built like that. I think all the greats got to be delusional. You got to pull up from 30 on a heat check. My life is one big heat check, dog. Real talk. Like, my life is one big... I'm pulling up from 40. You know, yes, to think sir. that I had an opportunity to represent Jefferson Simmons when every agent in the world was calling him, that's just me pulling up from 30. Hey, if I make it, I make it. If I don't, I don't. And like I told y'all in New York, bro, you could talk all that, talk about how you work and how you him. When it's time to be him, you better be ready. Gotcha. You know, I could have done all that talk in the world about, man, when I finally get my opportunity to negotiate a hundred plus million dollar deal, I'm going to knock it out the park. You can do all that talking, but if you ain't preparing, it don't matter. And you get your, you get punched in the mouth real quick. Like you like doing all that talk. I'm like that. I'm him. When it's everybody's him till it's time to be him. And what I was proudest about in this contract negotiation was that when it got hard, all those reps I had before from losing, all the times I didn't cry, all the times I didn't watch the draft and be like, bro, these people not better than me, right? Just sitting down, frustrated. Like, bro, it ain't no when I get my chance. But I didn't just talk about it. I was preparing on, on the NFLPA website, studying contracts, studying three-year cash flow, studying all these things, bro. So when it came time to get in that ring and I got punched, I trusted my preparation. I was ready. I ain't just say I was ready. I ain't just post little reels on Instagram, motivational quotes. When it gets like, nah, dog, I'm really about that. I'm from Eunice, dog. I'm from you. I come from an HBCU. I realized what I was doing was for you and for everybody else too. It wasn't just me. Like all these agents y'all see, ain't none of them us. And that's the way I look at it. So I gotta go crazy. So when the next kid is at the table, they gonna respect not just Southern University, but fam, Bethune, A&T, you name them, bro. Like it's bigger than that. When when you get that moment, you better you better snap. That's what's up. That's a nice story because my dad's an agent as well. He told me about the stories he went through and just hear your side, basically the same thing because he came from HBC to Morehouse. That's amazing. My follow-up question to that is, you talked a little bit about your adversity. So how did you overcome it during your career and just kept pushing through those tough times? Man, I'm glad you asked. And I told uh, my them when I was at the HBCU experience, bro, I had to, a lot of my adversity, bro, was self-imposed and having to get out of my own way. And I think y'all know what I'm talking about. That. You get that imposter syndrome. You think you're good enough but you don't really know that you got it right you you can do all this in the world like yeah i got it but getting out of my own head and i'd be lying bro if i tell you that finding a strong foundation with god didn't play a, a pivotal role and i know people think people just thank god all the time because you feel like you have to but god carried me through a lot man i had gone through a, a breakup 
I found myself just like, bro, it's 12 o'clock. What you drinking for, bro? Like, what are, what are, what are we doing, right? Uh, hanging out with my players a little bit too much. I had to take self-inventory and look at myself, right? Sometimes it ain't like everybody else's fault. Sometimes the onus is on us. That's a bar right there, but you, you've seen the double entendre. I've been listening to Jay-Z a little bit, but I peep, like, I, peep, I really, I stopped drinking. I haven't drank in 15 months. I locked in on my craft. I eliminated those distractions, bro, and just believed in myself, man. Like, it, I'm dead serious, bro. Just really, really locking in and, and seeing, okay, man, you built for all this. Watching how I talk to myself, because we, we get into that negative talk. Like, you got to be delicate with yourself sometimes. Like, nah, bro, I still got it. I still, like, your dream is within reach. It's going to happen. So I did a lot of work on myself, bro. And it, it ain't no magic formula, but I, I definitely tell you that, that being consistent, going to church twice a week, Wednesdays, at Bible study with the OGs, Sunday, it gave me the, the strength that I needed, but I, I had a, I had a foundation. Can't build a house with no foundation. And mm, like, like bad. getting, getting right with God was, was pivotal, man. And I know y'all in college right now, bro. And I know y'all turn up and, you know, sometimes Sunday, the last thing you done went so hard on Saturday that it's hard to get up on Sunday. But, you know, I, I prioritized God, bro. And I said, no matter what it was going to look like, I was going to be committed to that. And I, and he's rewarded me for my obedience. Paul, we appreciate everything that you got to say here today, man. I feel like I know you're a little older than us. I feel like listen to like a gangster girl's mixtape DJ drama talking to us. <laughs> a little, you know, I feel like I just feel the inspiration. <laughs> he said, it's that it's that gangster grizzle, man. If you know, if anybody ever heard an old Lil Wayne mixtape, when DJ drama start talking, it's just a different type of timing. When that lighter go off, you know I'm about go to off. I know. When the lighter go off. <laughs> so we hear all the time about you know these athletes having big contract negotiations or they're in negotiation with teams and everything like that. Could you tell at least? What I guess what a casual fan, what it's like going through negotiation processes with teams and, and players and stuff like that? No, nah, that's a good question, bro. I think as, as an agent, the first thing you absolutely have to do is manage expectations, right? That, that's the first thing because you got all these people in the world saying what they think a player going to get. You and the player have, have to have an internal discussion. And like, hey, bro, this is our floor. We're not moving off this number, right? And once you set that and you start having the conversation about Average annual value, sign-in bonus, all those things. You're going to have those internal conversations before you do anything with you and your player because a lot of agents fail in that they mismanage expectations. That's why you see an agent get fired. Man, my agent said I was getting 28. You got to have that relationship with your client where you can have a real-life conversation. I like, say, bro, this is what we're looking at. So the internal dialogue starts first. Then it's going to get more external. So generally a team will send an offer. Bro, and I ain't going to lie to you. I can tell you all this. I know I just gave y'all the gangster grill talk. You could talk about how you ready. What Mike Tyson got a quote. What he say? Everybody got a plan till they get punched in the mouth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bro, uh, the team generally sends an offer first. They'll send an offer. It's like on an Excel sheet with average annual value, cumulative. Like they send it. They'll send their first offer. So what what happens is they send that offer first. And uh, generally, you know, it's like when a girl first texts you, but you don't want to. Hit them right, right back. You know, I, I had to leave. You have to leave. Yeah, you gotta leave. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You gotta give a little bit, little bit of time, bro. Bro, hey, I know I'm a little, I know I'm a little older than y'all, but you know I'm, I'm, you know I, I still know the game. You still pee. I just sit in the press box. You still pee, brother. Yeah, yeah, I still give you, give you eight and eight off the bench like Hasbro. So, so they'll send an offer, and you generally, so normally there's a general manager, there's a salary cap analyst who's called the cap guy. The cap guy is like the numbers. You know, like the, the guy with the numbers, he know everything. He like, well, you know, per, he's normally a guy like that. A real straight-laced guy, shirts probably tucked in. Shout out to my dog, Vin Marino. He a real one, though. So I waited about a week, sent them an offer back. So your offer and your counter. Generally, your counter, you're going to come back in high. 
I ain't gonna tell y'all what my counter offer was, but ran the GM for the Titans like, bro, you crazy. He told me that. He like, bro, come on, dog. Like, really? But generally, you can tell where they're at. Like, there's a there's a term called batna. Like, when when they're in a place, you're in a place. You can kind of see where there's a there's a middle ground to meet. So there's gonna be about four, five, six counters back and forth. Then there's gonna be phone conversations, and then you know they're bringing up their points. You're bringing up your points, man. But ultimately, you know, in Jeff's situation, they still had the fifth year option on him and they could have franchise tagged him so you know you've explained all that to your client of what can happen so they kind of had the upper hand in the negotiations so we just kind of had to try to mitigate all that and get to a place where our priority was always guaranteed money and if you check those numbers we got 70.3 percent guaranteed money which is a was the was the highest in franchise history second in defensive tackle history so it goes back to like realizing your priorities understanding you're not going to win everything I wanted to win on term, which is the four years, and we wanted to win on guaranteed money. They probably won. If you ask them in their little room, we got it on per average annual value. We got them at 23.5. They they didn't want to get to 25. So they got to win. We got to win. Everybody wins to a certain extent, but those are how, that's how it goes, bro. It's going to be contentious at times, but I believe in negotiating respectfully. As Amaya tell you, I was in the middle of finishing this deal when I was up there with them in New York. Yeah. And, you know, I tried my best to do a good job speaking. Fam, you, y'all should book me. But um, I tried my best to, to compartmentalize all that, man, while we were going through it. But ultimately, man, we got it done. And I think the best way, you sometimes you see a lot of agents in the media, they like, oh, they holding out. I, I didn't want to do all that, bro. I just wanted to have good, clean negotiations, bro. It ain't got to be all that. You know, it's, we keep it in-house. It's family business. Yeah. And how do you feel about players such as, like, a Lamar Jackson? We know what he's going on with his deal. How do you feel about, like, players representing themselves in, in these terms of, like, contract negotiation times? I might be in the, in the rarity of, of agents that, like, I'm all about player empowerment, bro. Like, I think Jeff could probably almost negotiate his own next third contract because I taught him so much, like, throughout the process. Like, I, I didn't hide the ball from him at all. I think as an agent, your, your goal should be to empower your player and teach him so much that – they know the ins and outs of what's going on with their business. That's what our group, Walking Business Sports Group, is predicated on. We want you to understand your business. Like a lot of times, these these players just ask my agent, ask my agent, ask my agent. They, but then they they you you want them to grow as men. So uh, uh, I'm okay with Lamar trying to negotiate his own contract. And and mostly the people you see talking bad about it is the the NFL higher ups and other agents. But bro is in a decent. He's an elite player. Sure, having an agent with like. You'd have an intermediary, somebody to be a buffer between the organization and the team. It's very emotional sometimes. Like, there's certain yeah. things I didn't tell Jeff that the Titans were saying. Certain things I'll never tell him. But I think right now, for Lamar, him being such a high-level player, and now that the Jalen Hurts contract just happened, he kind of has a, a starting point. And one thing y'all don't know, man, the NFLPA has two guys that who are really, really smart who are helping him with his negotiation. So it's never just a player out there by themselves negotiating. The NFLPA has Mark Levin and Adam Rashili, who are very, very smart. Agents such as myself actually go to them and use them for insight and help. So I'm all for players doing it, bro, if they can. They're like, go ahead and do your, do your thing, bro. Like, who am I to say, who am I as somebody who continually bets on myself to tell another grown man not to bet on himself? But every player ain't smart enough to do it, bro. Like Richard Sherman, he can do it. Yeah. Right? Laramie Tumsel. He was able to do it, but Larry McTunzel had so much leverage, bro. The team had given up first-round picks. They had to give him what he wanted. So if you're a player that's trying to do it, bro, you have to understand your situation, what type of player you are, and who, what you mean to that team. I don't think many many team uh, players 
I don't think it's many players who can do it, bro, who have just the, the overall capacity. Not saying they're not smart enough, but do they have the temperament? Do they have the time yeah. to, to actually go through it? The hopes is more more start doing it. it ain't gonna affect me nothing because I feel like I'm elite. They gonna call me. They, they gonna call me. I'm alright. Oh, that's right. Yes, sir. Your boys got any more questions? I think. I think. Me and me. This is a gangster. Hey, bro. You ain't gotta. You ain't gotta rush, bro. I'm cool. Right, look. Oh, I'm yeah. so happy to just have normal conversations again, bro. I've been thinking about this dang contract for the last three months. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. We already know that, man. So we. I guess the fellas got no more questions. So I guess if you got time, Paul, we would love to have you discuss a little bit of basketball with us. You know, we no, it's a little different. A little different from his his field, but you know, sports is sports. Sports, man. Look, man, I've, I've been debating him since I met him. I, I think I'm like four and two against him so far. You know, no, nah, you're man. definitely two and four. For sure. Man, stop. What y'all, what y'all, you gotta be two and six. What y'all debating? Well, what, what was we talking about? We was talking about football. We was, that, we was bro, talking we, about everything, bro. We we yeah. He he. Bro, bro, the next, bro, next up. I'll tell you that he held his own. <laughs> All right, fellas. So let's let's just talk about the Eastern Conference real quick. We had a couple of game ones that were played this past week. A couple of them are including the Cavs versus the Knicks, the Nets versus the Sixers. And I, I will say that one's definitely surprising me for sure. And uh, we got the Celtics and the Hawks, which also is surprising me as well. So we're going to kick it off with the Hawks and the Celtics. So the Celtics are up against the Hawks one game to zero. They completely blew out the Atlanta Hawks. So, Paul, I'm going to start it with you. So, I'm not sure if you tapped in. Have you been as, been as tapped in with the playoffs as we have been? But what is your take on the Hawks being in such a deficit to the Celtics? Like, what what is missing from their squad? Bro, they can't beat the Celtics. It's just styles make fights, bro. They, they might win one game just a, like a crazy Trey Young game where he go for 40. They can't beat the Celtics. They don't have enough presence inside Tatum and Brown they too much bro y'all know this 4-1 man y'all yeah, maybe a gentleman's sweep that's a sweep nah it's a sweep I, I don't like see it sweep. at all like you said Styles make fights I think Celtics got too much firepower where as when we look at the Atlanta Hawks you know a lot of the problems has been it's been Trey Young or nothing and so when they went and got DeJounte Murray it was kind of expected to get that second ball handler to take the ball out of his hand and create more offense for everybody else but when you play with the Boston Celtics you got to deal with Jason Tatum Jalen Brown uh Derek White Marcus Smart Malcolm Brody like you have way too many he has way too many weapons over there for the Atlanta Hawks to be able to keep up. So like, y'all yeah, agree with is gonna be a sweep. They can't defend. It's just straight up. they can't defend. They're not. They're not. They're not depth. They just. It's bad. I it's also think exposed. the Hawks. They're just really young. Like the Celtics are young too, but the Celtics have experience. Yeah, like they, they, just, they, they went here to the finals last year. Facts. The Hawks. They just just straight young. You know? I, th I think that's what. I think that's definitely the key factor. Like Malik said, they're young with not as much experience. Like they just got Dejounte Murray this past off season from the San Antonio. Spurs and so I've been watching them all season and so they mesh pretty well together offensively they're decent they had a couple of stretches where they were 16 and 16 then 16 and 17 then 16 and 18 then you know been, they, you were, they were they were they were battling like right below 500 to right above 500 all season long and so I you know I was just thinking to myself like what what's the problem with this team and honestly it's their defense and their inexperience uh, just playing at a high level in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Because you take DeJounte Murray, you take Trey Young. Those are two guys that are primarily known for their offensive style of play. Right? DeJounte's known for defense too. But he, yeah, DeJounte, what defense yeah. is DeJounte, DeJounte can't play DeJounte, defense. DeJounte can defend. He, he can, can defend. defend. I saw game one and he wasn't playing I think playing the nothing. biggest thing with the Atlanta Hawks, if they ever want to take that next step, is they got to see Trey Young be more off ball. Like Trey Young, we kind of expected Trey Young to be like a Stephen Curry in terms of how he plays off ball, but like it's hard to be a Stephen Curry for a 
reason. And like we haven't seen we, too many times we see on offense, he kind of just stands at the wing or he stands in the corner and just let DeJounte Murray do his thing instead of trying to move around and be Lux. more mobile and kind of be that sniper from anywhere on the court just running around. Yeah, they add on to that. They don't have no second actions. It's more dribble handoff, all right, hand, ISO. Yeah, dribble handoff, pick and roll. Like, it's no, it's no. There's no second actions, yeah. no exchange, no nothing. Nah, you right. And boys, and, and you know, I think that what they made the Eastern Conference Finals like two years ago, right? I yeah. think two or three. It was like but I, that's, Yeah, it was a fluke. I think it was a yeah. fluke. I'm not going to say it's a fluke. But, but, it was a fluke. but I'm saying, you say they don't have, like, I think Trey Young, bro, is, you know, he got to take that next step. And we've been waiting. Uh, we've been waiting for I, years now. I don't, I don't think he's, I don't think he's a guy that can be your number one. You know I what, think Paul? he can be, he can be a viable two, but it's okay, bro. Everybody ain't, everybody ain't a true one. It ain't that many true first options in this league. Yeah. They need to find him somebody else that's, that he can just go into that 23, 24 point role. I think he can be a number one because we see him like he kind of leads the league in points, kind of leads the league in assists. But I think he needs more talent. I mean, no disrespect to John Murray. John Murray is a super nice young talent, but I just feel like they need another guy that can go out and I guess either score, defend, or something. But they just don't have it right now, other than the, the top two guards that they have right now. Not for sure. All right, so game two of this game is tonight at seven at Boston. So what's your prediction for this game, Paul? Celtics, bro. It, the, the, the Hawks might win game four. Because they don't want to get swept, they're gonna be in Atlanta, and the Celtics might go out and party and hit Magic City or something the night before. That's their best chance. That's their best chance, bro. They, they need to get all all the young ladies on deck, all the Instagram baddies, women. Pull, pull, find, out whatever, <laughs> find out whatever hotel boss is at. That's what they gotta do. There was a uh, there was a story with uh, Dominique Wilkins and Spud Webb. If you look at their home record back in the '80s, Hawks used to go like 38 and four, 39 and three at home. Dominique Wilkins had a club. Out there, teams that but they was never losing at home because them <laughs> boys would go out there and go up. That's smart. Like, that's yeah, smart. Yeah, that's yeah, come court. by tonight. I, I got y'all free drinks, free everything, free that's, everything. That's home court advantage for that's real. Funny, bro. I'm telling you, look at their home record in the '80s when Dominique was there. It was insane. 37 and four, 36 and five. You know why? Well, I easily tonight. I easily got the Celtics. I easily got the Celtics in this game. Celtics. What? It's, it's a surprise. It's not. They're not. <laughs> I don't even think Atlanta went in a half. But it's a sweep. All right. <laughs> time, to talk about the, time to talk about the Eastern Conference matchup that really matters. Come on now. You're right. The 76ers versus the Nets. That's another broom. That's another sweep. <laughs> hey, I just, hey, Paul, <laughs> you got to know Malik to know that I was a trolling, bro. He a Knicks fan. Yeah, baby. New York stand up, man. No jars hard hey. possibly for game two. All right, man. So let's talk about the Knicks versus the Cavs, man. So game one was actually a very down-to-the-wire game until the end. The Cavs. Cavs were not able to get it done against the Knicks. Jalen Brunson came alive in the fourth quarter. How many points he had in the fourth quarter, Malik? Like, 13? He had like, yeah. He had like 23 had points like 20 in the second, second half, half right? Okay. Yeah. Crazy yeah. in the second half. So so he he had a second half explosion, and that led to the Knicks going up in the series 1-0. So Malik, I'll let you spearhead this. Yeah, I just want to talk about it because it's like a lot of people, you know what I'm saying, look down on us in this series. Um, a lot of people had Cleveland winning first game. Uh, they had did. us getting blown out. They I, I All different did. types of crazy talks on social media, and, and I didn't really believe it. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't get jiggy with it. So, um, get jiggy with it. This is what I want to say about the game. We played, we came out the gates like physical bro like and i told y'all this last week as long as the knicks are physical with the Cavs, with evan mobley with jared allen with darius garland then we're gonna win the series like these they don't got no strength to them they don't got no umph to them 
And I think that if we can come out the gates physical, like, bro, Jalen Bronson was sitting sitting down on the bench because he had three fouls. That was for a reason. We are trying to, like, bruise these kids up. You know what I'm saying? So I, I'm, I'm very excited for the rest of the, the series. But I think we played a great game. Well, not a great game. We played a really bad game. But Julius we Randall, were able to. Julius Randle shot 7 of 20. So I kind yeah, of think, think y'all lucky y'all made it out of it, to be honest with you. To be well, honest, let's we, give it a buck. I think both teams played a bad game. I think both teams didn't have a good game. I mean, Mitchell shot like half of their shots or like over half of their shots. Darius Garland had like two points or something like that. So it's like, I don't know. This is going to be a good series. This is going to be a good oh, series. Yeah. I, I'm it, excited it, for it. It got the making It got the makings of one of them seven. Like, I don't yeah. feel Cleveland is going to lose. I don't think nobody wins two in a row in the series. It feels like one of the, you know, four or five matchups, bro. They probably the most evenly matched teams. Yes. So I think that it goes seven because I think the Knicks might have got relaxed since they stole one. Mm. And you know that happens. Like you gotta be careful. You stole one, you go down two one real quick. Paul, another thing I want to talk about. Big thing in this series is going bench play. Our bench outplayed Cleveland's bench the other oh, yeah, night. That's been, that's and our, I think our, I think the Knicks bench in general, we just have a better bench. Than them. I think yeah, I think like, we just Cleveland's have better players yeah. on our bench, and I think that will make the series, but it will play a big factor in it. So yeah, here's, another big factor is rebounds. Y'all attack the glass. Y'all killed the glass, but. I feel like they change if they change the game plan and tack the glass, y'all are done. Facts. And to to add on to that point, I'm so glad you said that, Jeff. To add on to that point, Julius Randle was playing good in game one. Jalen Brunson was playing good in game one. But one thing we know about Julius Randle is that he is not consistent with his style of play. So who's to say that game two, they'll be more consistent? If if they can disrupt Julius Randle's game and throw him off the edge, I think that'll definitely be an X factor as well, determining whether they win that game or not. He shot 7-20 half, five turnovers. So, like, he didn't play a, a good game as far, like, by we've seen him do so far in, like, this season. Really, the hero is Jalen Brunson. Like, y'all, y'all signing Jalen Brunson in the offseason kind of saved New York, if I'm being honest right. with you. No, Josh Hart, too. Oh, Josh, Josh Hart, too. Josh no, Hart. no, Josh but Hart Jay, punch, I see what Jaylen, you mean, Brian. Like, but Jalen Brunson, Brunson yes. is, the hev- is heaven sent for New York fans and, right and now. They, yes. And honestly, yes. oh, wait, was, was Donovan Mitchell guarding Jalen Brunson in game one? Sometimes. They were. They he were guarding each other I, a lot. I, I they were targeting him. I think that Donovan Mitchell needs to play more better defense on Jalen Brunson if they're going to have a chance to stop him. And I don't think anyone else, maybe Darius Garland, but I don't think anyone else should be guarding Jalen Brunson. See, the the problem with it is uh, everybody was guarding Jalen Brunson on Monday, and he was cooking everybody. Facts. Center, Facts. point guard, That's shooting guard. It don't matter. He was getting cooked. So They have to be stout. They have to just be disciplined on defense. That's the key for the Cavaliers to get this win tonight. Paul, what are your remaining thoughts? That's going. I feel like it's going seven. Donovan Mitchell, I mean, I just feel like do I tr- who would I trust more, Brunson or Donovan Mitchell? I think that's what it comes down to. And Brunson has been going crazy in the playoffs. Like his his last last year with the Mavs, he had a great performance. I, I got Knicks in seven. Mm. Yes, sir. Mm. I got Cavs, I got Cavs in, in six. Seven. I got Cavs in five. Five? That's what? Crazy. They crazy, crazy over here, Paul. They, 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 they hate it, man. They hate it, Paul. Look, I'm giving, they they I'm, giving, Paul. I'm giving the Knicks a little bit of respect. I got Knicks. I mean, nah. I got Cavs in six. Bro, That's but a- what nobody's mentioned is that the Knicks have a proven coach, too, in, in, in Thibodeau. You know, I'm from Louisiana. It's supposed to be Thibodeau. I don't know why he say his name <laughs> like that. But <laughs> Thibodeau, I think it matters. But if it comes down to that, bro, bro isn't a, a, a proven coach, too. Bickerstaff's a good he, coach, too. But I would say Thibodeau, Thibodeau Bickerstaff ain't more, more proven than, than Thibodeau. Well, no, not proven. Not proven. I'm not saying proven, but, but he's they have good a solid, as well. Yeah, that's a solid coach, yeah. I think Thibodeau has his his good days and his bad days. As a Knicks fan, I'm just going to have to keep it a band. Like, sometimes he does have the tendency to, like, overplay the players, you know what I'm saying and not like give certain players certain rest at certain times but what did really surprise me is he was doing very good with the rotations on Monday and if he can keep that up then yes 
Yes, you're right. That was just for one I game. That's a five. one game rent. He said five. Bro said five. five is, like, yes. I, bro, I, I would love to give you my cash app right now. We can bet on that. So I, I, Don't I, worry, I, I'll give it to, to mine for him. You know what I'm saying? That we could do it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, it's like both hours. You know what I'm saying? We can just spend it like both hours. All right, fellas. Yeah, we're going to head on over out west, man. So we're going we gonna to jump into the series that really has been shaking up a lot of ears, which is this Clippers and Phoenix Suns series. Bro. Let me bro. tell you about Russ. Bro, oh, stop playing with stop playing with Russ. You know, I'm a I'm a Russ, I'm a Russ truther, man. Hey, mm-hmm. if he can go four for 39, I'm gonna stick beside stick him. Beside that's, my, him. That's, my, that's my that's mine. I'm gonna stick beside <laughs> me and uh Jeff actually have a bet on that series about the Clippers. I got Clippers. You got Clippers you got in how Clippers? many games? I got Clippers in six, maybe seven. Mm. Mm. I like bro. That playoff, too. playoff Kawhi. Is different, and he don't get the respect he deserved. Tyrone Lue is a great coach, yep. and the, and, the, and the Clippers got pieces, bro. They they match up with the Suns. The Suns don't have no depth. Yeah, and the, the Suns, Suns got, the Suns lack defense too. Absolutely. The one thing the Clippers I, do have is depth. Like they are deep. Like they are deep. Bro. deep. Let me let me add on this. Kevin Durant. Now listen, Kevin Durant played forty five minutes. Same state. You know, you a little bit out of the city for me, but listen, you playing too conservative, bro. Go get yours. He's passing CB three, passing Devin Booker. This is not the Kevin Durant I know. At least if Kawhi's coming at you dropping thirty eight, you should come with dropping forty forty five. Like he's just hey, a little timid. You, you right, bro. And I ain't gonna lie, when I saw Kevin Durant. Pull up with a fade. I was like, "Sons in three. Bro, he had his haircut and everything. I thought they was about to go crazy. I, I say, "Sons in three. I was wrong. <laughs> he just coming out too timid for me. He needs to bring them more aggression like he used to be with the Golden State Warriors, Thunder days. I need them days. Yeah, man. So, <laughs> well, speaking of Westbrook, so he had two clutch free throws down the stretch that really set yeah. the Clippers Russ over the top. had man. the most, I don't know, game-breaking three for 19 I've ever seen in my entire life. I, I, he I shot, did. like, he almost shot the Clippers out of the game completely. Every time he touched the ball, it was like Phoenix was like, oh, yes, Russ is about to shoot it. <laughs> and then some, <laughs> and he somehow still kept his team in the game with the Almost with a triple-double. He with, almost had a triple-double. defense, double. like, I, mean, I see him get a block on Kevin Durant. He's yeah. always good for one of those a game for some like, reason. Like, this one thing about Russ, like, Russ may not have the best shooting statistics. He did. Russ might everything. go 5 for 20, 6 for 15. But one thing about Russ, Russ is never going to cheat you with his hustle. And that's what yeah. you got to – you just got to love and respect that. You got to love him and respect him for it. He's always going to put in the work to get the job done. And that's exactly Bro, what he, he had did. That dog in him. He had that dog in him. On, and he saw that in the game, put it straight to his heart. So, like, he, he, play, he definitely played his heart out and really showed the Clippers, like, hey, this is not the Russ. And for the Lakers, this is I'm still me. I'm still that guy. I can still do things other than – score on the court and he definitely proved that in game one so that raises my question then so this is a question i have for y'all so was rush the problem on the lakers now nah, they had a bunch of other, i mean he was a problem but he wasn't like the problem yeah. i just don't think that team that they had before the trade deadline was structured to be a playoff team like Facts. just yeah, they yeah. just they didn't structure that team well so what you think paul no nah, you know me i'm biased russ was not the problem bro they just they, like you look at those pieces they like adding the uh raw and that guy, and uh, it just fit better with yeah. LeBron. It wasn't Russ. wasn't Russ never was gonna work with LeBron. He can't shoot. LeBron needs shooters around him to succeed. I don't know what they was thinking. Russ, I shoot better than Russ. <laughs> Russ, Russ needs shooters. LeBron needs shooters, and you put them together. It trade happened. Everybody said, "Well, we'll see. This is not gonna work." And then ultimately, it didn't work. So I guess nobody was surprised there. All right, let's talk game predictions for game two. Game two is. 
tonight. Yeah. Malik, go ahead. I like the Suns uh, evening out the series tonight. I like the Suns. I like the Suns, too. I like the Suns as well, just because I know Kevin Durant's not going to go down 0-2. It's too much pressure on the line. CP3 is chasing his first chip. Kevin Durant is trying to prove all the haters wrong. Devin Booker needs a chip, or we're going to say he's trash forever. This guy's crazy. Bro, you got all these narratives, bro, that don't change the fact that the Suns, Suns losing this game tonight, bro. Nah, I'm, nah, it might nah, be nah, a narrative. Nah, 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 You're right. Nah, Those, Paul, I like that, you Paul. Right. You're right. Those are narratives I said. Bro, like, that's Chris Paul, bro. Chris Paul. Play hard. Bro, Chris, I, I'm not going to lie to you, bro. I just, I can't like that dude. I try. I, I've tried. I don't even <laughs> like you, Cliff Paul. You, you if I see Cliff <laughs> Paul, is on site. When he's on site. When, when uh, CP3 was there, you didn't like him when he was in New Orleans? No. Oh. Jesus, I'm just not a Chris Paul guy, bro. I just, okay. you know, some guys you just, some guy you don't like, they're not your guy. Yeah. He just seemed like the type of dude that would, like, text your girl and be like, hey, man, I know, you know, you can do better. He just seems like that type of guy. Now, they I, just, said, I can't get over They say he's great off the court. Like, off the court, he does all these great, like, amazing, like, charity things. It's so crazy how Chris Paul is so different off the court versus on the court. Like, on the court, we'll see him do a slime ball move all the time, whether it's, like, nutmeg or hitting somebody, you know, in the, in the man region. Bro, that's what I'm saying. He did it in college at Wake Forest. He's been this way. He's yeah, been bro. like this. It's kind of crazy to see how he acts off the court versus on the court. It's kind of like two different people. It's a little crazy. But, 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 but I mean, you know darn well, bro, Booker's never getting a chip. Chris Paul isn't getting the chip. Oh, Aiden isn't getting the chip. It's not happening, bro. The Suns, the Suns not winning this series, bro. I, I can't see. I hope I'm hope I'm right too, because I got a bet with Jeff about it. So I'm just maybe I'm just talking myself into it. <laughs> We're gonna see, man. But we're gonna move on to the other series that's going on, man. The series, man, that was honestly, this is the best series in the playoffs, in my opinion. I've seen both games. I watched both games. They both went down to the wire, but I'm a little bit concerned, man. Like, first, first we talking about, for those of you who don't know, we talking about the Warriors-Kings series. But my concern is not about the Kings at all. In the first two games, the Kings have been lighting the Warriors up. But my concern is, and I guess I'll just open the question up, what can the Warriors do to stop the offensive firepower of the Kings? There's a lot. Bro, they can't do nothing, bro. No, no, there's, there's, there's a what lot. What can they do? They can. They, they, can. they throw a lot of things like they do DHO, side ball screens, step up screens, uh, high ball screens. And then when they get paint touches, it's like second actions are coming. Somebody's cutting, somebody's exchanging. It's like all those rotations. The Warriors got to figure it out. They got to, I don't it's, know. But. I feel like Kings offense is too much. Like you said, like they do so much off the ball movement, so many switches, so many like, so many, distract, so many distraction plays where it's going to completely mess up the Warriors defense. And like we see them scramble to like try to keep up. Like without Draymond on the court, they scramble to try to keep up on defense. I don't think like they can draft Hakeem Olajuwon. I guess so I don't really think there's too much <laughs> my the Warriors trying to do. My only suggestion is limit the paint touches. That's it. After that, that's that's only I can say. And another thing, but they can they can start by not turning the ball over so much. Like, yeah, you, game like bro, you you turn the ball over like that. You you giving them boys permission. The Warriors to shoot. Yeah, the Warriors average 16 turnovers a game. Kings play now, way too fast for you to be turning the ball. Tempo over. is high, yeah. bro. How y'all feel? How y'all feel about? Like me as a hooper, as you know, as a former hooper, something about an NBA team running a boxing one just is against the like, bro. I hate yeah. that about what the Which Kings are doing. I know, yeah. I bro, I like, bro, we grown men now, bro. Like, come on, man, you in the league, we playing a boxing one on Steph Curry, they treating this man like he your Davidson again. Like, <laughs> I, I just, and to have Clay Thompson for, there too, playing a boxing one, okay. Like, before a boxing one to successfully work, your defender has to like be a dog, yes, and they have that. So, I mean, I'm not mad at it, Paul. I ain't gonna lie. 
If, if bro, they winning, I ain't mad at it. Bro, that just defeats the integrity of the game. You couldn't play a boxing one on Jordan because of the, the rules back in the day. Like, come on, man. Like, boxing one, we grown men here, bro. You got to grow that. up. But nobody want to see Steph Curry get a boxing one played on. Yeah. Like, I, I get it. You play to win the game. But – we got to go to the comp competition committee and talk about this because, <laughs> it, like, nah, bro. We really need to go to the refs, man, because some of these calls in that they game missed too, a double. They missed a horrible. double by Clay Thompson. I was like, oh wow, horrible. They man. be let they let Draymond Green beat up Sabonis out here. It's looking crazy. Nah, it bro. is crazy. Yo, let's, let's talk about, about that. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about this before hey, we go on camera. Paul, let's talk about it. Paul, this gonna get shisty, brother. Cause we got we got we got me and Jeff that feel one way, and let's we got Malik and Brian that feel another way. Draymond. Hey, I love it. Hey, I, I feel at home. But I'm telling you, I'm coming to fam. I will be there. I, love, in, in my brother. blue and gold. In my blue and gold, I'll be there. Whoa, whoa, no, 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 no. Raw guys. colors, raw no, no, colors. Yeah, wrong, wrong, wrong. Raw colors. Worry, now. You gonna be wearing that orange and green now? No, don't worry, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you some gear. I'm gonna get you some gear, brother. <laughs> well, let's talk about. So, it. Let's talk about. So, it, so here's our standpoint, right? So, actually, did you watch Game Two last night, bro? First of all, you know, y'all just said I'm getting old. Uncle sleep. I fell asleep the last two minutes, <laughs> but I, I watched enough of the game, right, to 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 understand the flow. And I, and, and I know what you you about to talk about the Sabonis Draymond. Yes. 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 So, so for those of you listening in who don't know what happened, so last night during Game Two, it was it was about maybe like the second half of the game. So, this was like last what seven minutes? Yeah, of the game? yeah. It was it, it, it was go time essentially. It was go time. So the Warriors are inbounding the ball. They're trying to push down. They had numbers. They were on a fast break. So on the other end of the floor, you see. Sabonis and Draymond getting into it, getting a little tangled up. So Sabonis actually grabs Draymond's leg, and then Draymond, well, you know, I'm, Mario, I'm sure, I'm sure Mario jumps it. off of the grown man's <laughs> chest. <laughs> and so, given that happened, Draymond was given a flagrant, flagrant two, flagrant so he two. was, so he was ejected from the game, and so that ultimately led to the Kings' victory. So this is my stance on it, and this is Jeff's stance on it as well. So my stance on it is, okay, I hear that he kicked him. He like you know stepped on him his chest or whatever right so this is my thing none of that would have happened if Sabonis wasn't grabbing his leg and he wasn't just grabbing his leg with one hand or one arm it was open and blatant like hey I'm trying to deliberately stop you from going up the court on a fast break play in a playoff game a high intensity game when both teams like they and they already don't like each other you know so this is my thing everything in life most things in life are a cause and effect <laughs> because you did this, you're going to have a certain effect on this. Because he wrapped his leg around Draymond's, because he wrapped himself around Draymond's leg, Draymond felt a type of way and said, get off me. And me? I love it. That's playoff basketball right there. Ain't no that's playoff how they, basketball, That's man. how they used to play. That's Stone Cold bro, Steve Austin. Nah, bro, bro nah. back in the day, back in the day, it would take a whole bunch of guys literally in a mob just punching each other in the face for somebody to get ejected. Yeah, and nowadays Royal all Rumble. you have to do is all you have to do is blow in someone's face to get ejected nowadays. Yeah, to, to add on your thing, if somebody's grabbed my leg, no, that's that's off limits. Like, he you said can, I'm trying to protect can, my face. You can rough me up, you can bump into me, like that's part of the game. But when you go for my legs, like especially my ankle, knee or anything, nah, like below the waist, that's dead. Like so it's he, up. So I'm not going for so that. You're gonna, I'm sorry. You're gonna how much how much Draymond weigh? Two what? Two twenty? No, 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 no. That's the common rule, bro. You nice. don't go for nobody under the legs. Nice. That's the common Rule. That's like what Grayson Allen does. People go at Grayson Allen because he goes for people under his legs. That's, well, he, no, he that's is. dead. Okay. That's dead. All right. I'm sorry. I, I think that, like, for the NBA, like, Sabonis is that type of player, if that makes sense. Like, if he sees somebody going to a fast break, he's going to try to, like, do something to stop them. And he's going to be like, oh, yeah, that's my fault. Like, that's, I did that. But that's lame. But that's... I think that yesterday, him grabbing with two hands, like, holding on to him, he was that was face. weird. 
I feel like he was covering his face. He was no, trying to bring what? Draymond, Draymond Brian, completely Brian, stepping over him. Brian. Draymond stepping over him. He's stepping. I mean, you gotta think about that. Imagine the size, whatever Draymond wears, stomping over you all game. You Sabonis ends up on the floor a lot. I can see where Brian's coming from. He was trying to like. I can see if he's Yo, trying to like what? protect Do y'all remember now. How he got his both his hands bro, to protect bro, to protect that, your face. That's, you put you both your arms you know in front of your face, you know not what? on an I, ankle. I would have I would have bought that. Brian just said if he had one arm, maybe maybe one arm. One the hand. other hand was on this, his face. This, what are we talking no. about? The other arm is on his face. We have oh, footage. My. You know that, right? It's twenty twenty three. Yes, yes. I, I'm, we have you know footage. What? I, I'm gonna pull it up right now. I'm gonna pull it up right now. Because, because because to say that he was covering his face? Are you kidding me, Brian? Hey, ever, ever he was Def, deliberately trying to stop that man. Y'all ever played Def Jam Fight for New York? Remember fighting DMX? Remember fighting DMX and Def? <laughs> Jam when he would do the big stomp. Like, that's exactly what Draymond Okay, so Brian, okay, doing, well, Brian, let me ask you this. If somebody did it to you in a basketball game, step you on my chest? To, no, 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 no. Grabs your ankle and you try to run a fast break, what you doing? I'm not stepping on his chest. What are you doing? I'm not doing that. Are you gonna, like, are you gonna say, like, oh my bad? Right, no, are you okay? What are you if gonna do? I wanna there? say Sabonis was excessive, like, oh, he shouldn't have grabbed his ankle. You're not asking my what question, is Draymond, I'm deflecting. What is Draymond Green? But you're acting like it was unwarranted, like he just did it out of nowhere. So Draymond, it was all, it was clearly Paul, please, warranted. Come on now. He Hold on now. He I'm, replaying, bro, I'm replaying this video. Bro, bro. Hold on. I'm replaying this video. The way Sabonis fell, he fell with his arms coming to the ground. So when he fell, his arms were already around Draymond's leg. No, bro. No. Look, look. Come I just see it. Look, look. look I just see it, man. Come on, bro. Look. Brian, oh, ask we, my question. If somebody does it to you in a basketball game, what? What are you doing? I'm not stepping on his chest. Okay, so what are you doing? Look he said, that. Look he said, oh, my bad. Now, what are you doing? Draymond, now if Draymond would have thrown like a kick or whatever, like get your hand off of me, then like I'll take that. That's fine. That's just like that's just bad. So you're letting that slide. Somebody grabs your no, ankle. No, I'm saying like somebody grab an ankle. I could like kick your arm off of me. That's fine. I'm not Stone Cold Steve Austin Undertaker. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. Nah, like, I'm not bro, gonna do man. that. Nah, I'm not letting that slide. Paul, I'm that's sorry. crazy. What you think, Paul? Man, what you think? <laughs> bro, I think like with Draymond, he just got such a history. Yeah. You know, if you That's look, bro, knocked, bro knocked out his own team. teammate. Like, you know, he two pieces on, well, one piece, and whatever yeah. happened. It was, to, strong, but, it was a strong piece. It was, but, but I just think, like, <laughs> in that moment, bro, at some point, Draymond has to have the level of self awareness and, and the discipline. You know who you are already. I get he was frustrated. I understand. I get it as a competitor. But, bro, it's a two, three point game at that moment. I think you had a fast break. It's time, place, man. You just talk about cause and effect. Bro, you can't do that in that moment. He man. can't. I, I I get it. I know that there's history there. But come on, bro. You you a vet. You know you cost your team a championship five years ago because of your emotions. Mm. Let's, let's let's talk about it. Like mm. these are facts. When with the LeBron situation. Yes. So you think that game? You think that absolutely game was the end all absolutely. be all, right? And, and and look, let's yeah. not forget Draymond had thirty in Game Seven. People right. forget that if the Warriors win that game, he might have been the MVP. But whatever. Well, I'm saying, Draymond, you can't do that. But I, I understand why in that moment. I, I get it. And then Sabonis, they've been leaning on each other all game. Frustration's high. Like, bro, stop Dray breathing on me. Draymond be the kick, Draymond be The kick was egregious. The, the kick was egregious. I agree with bro. The kick was, bro came down like an ATL stump. Uh, uh, uh. Like, he really, <laughs> he, yeah, he did. <laughs> I think I think that like you're right. Like Draymond's rap sheet, he should be better than that. And it's also like, bro, you got like ten thousand cameras on you. Like at least try to sneak it in there. Like he's no, he a nah. He forget all that. I'm, uh, you got me messed up. Like, bro, come on, bro. You got to be more cordial than that, bro. He bro that's that's the heat of the moment. Like as a competitor, heat of the moment. Heat of the moment, bro. Tempers are flaring, bro. You just heat of the moment. Finna out. get that boy suspended. Yo, yeah, I, heat I, of the I moment. Played, yeah, I played okay. a lot of basketball. Like I played a lot of basketball where it's got heated to the point where people are trying to fight. I ain't never seen nobody trampoline off nobody's chest before. Like. Bro. On the court. What you want to swing down and hit him? Like, I mean, that's what you like, need to do. That's dang, crazy. Dang, he, he might as well. He did that. He it's the same well. thing. 
Hey, and another thing, bro, like that we not really talking about. Sabonis, he got a career in acting at bro. Like That's I'm true. just gonna lay down w here acting. until they decide. Until they bro was down there for. He was there for They went to commercial, came back. He, he was still now. He he was milking it, boy. He yeah. milked that moment. Sabonis, then, he loved to play victim. Like, then, he started. He get you riled up, and then he like, hey, why? Why he just and hit then, me? And like, then, and then after like, that, you know what you did? He was chilling, talking to De'Aaron Fox. Like, oh yeah, everything's good. Like, like and it's like like his ribs. And then it's like when you watch the kick, it's like yeah, Draymond did that ATL stomp, man. Yes, it definitely was on. On purpose, but like I'm not gonna say I know how it feels, like how the feeling was, but like I think Sabonis was definitely dragging it, man. Like the way he was on the floor, you would think he just stepped like on his area or something, or on his face or something like Broke that. You feel ribs. me? Yo, like, he stepped on his chest, man. On like, his chest. Look, like what are we talking about here? On his chest. Like that's bro, what are we talking good, about bro. here? But that's you know we just we just gonna have to. Who y'all got winning this series? I got the Warriors. Sacramento Warriors and like the beam. Warriors I like Sac. Like the beam. Get him out of here. My thing is they down 0-2. It's probably the first time since Ever? Steph Curry's been down 0-2, and They're the Warriors the have been down to down 0-2 since 2007 against the Jazz. So. Bro, they not they not losing the game in uh, or they're not losing in, in Golden State. You know, yeah. and, and, and this what bro, the, the Warriors been bad on the road all year. So this is not even surprising that they're yeah, down 0-2. Right. They've been terrible. So my thing, if I got Wardell Curry in a game seven <laughs> against a team that ain't never been there, facts. I'm I'm riding with Steph, bro. They I can agree. play a boxing one, triangle in two, a, a three-piece, no biscuit, whatever defense they're gonna do <laughs> schematically. Cause you know, bro, there's that aberration game in every series. Well, you be like, he did what? It is going to probably be some random dude like Jonathan Kaminga or Andrew Wiggins goes for a 30-piece. Mm. This series going seven, and if it goes seven, history says, bro, I, I respect what Fox is doing, but I think this is the Kings got their heartbroken origin to their villain story. You know how the NBA go, dog. You got to lose one of them series. You look back at Oklahoma City when they lost to the Lakers that year in six. They got their heart broken. I just don't think the Kings have gone through the necessary turmoil and heartbreak. This is going to be the beginning of their villain story. They're so, going to think about this series all summer when Steph give them 43 <laughs> in a game seven, and they got to sit at home in Sacramento. Not nah, Sacramento nah, nah. all summer watching the play. Which, by the way, by the way, Sacramento does have the second best road record in the Western Conference. They won. That's a great point, dog. If this was around the horn. That was a great point. I didn't know that. 20, 23 <laughs> games <laughs> on, on on the road, second best in the Western Conference. So it's like I have them winning one of these games. Another bro. thing is Golden State, Sacramento, and Golden State. They're very close. Facts. Them fans can't they're, travel. They're, they're, they want they're, to. They're about they're like an hour, hour and a half. They're not hour. getting no tickets, bro. Nah, them San Francisco. Them San Francisco tickets too much. San Fran tickets you too high. You in the Bay Area? You tell your house to get a San Fran ticket. I mean, the Kings tickets was well. We'll talk about this. Kings had the highest playoff. Ticket area, this bro. this playoffs actually their bro, game one ticket was the highest ticket of any yeah, team. They ain't been to the playoffs so, in like sixteen years, bro. You know we all know that if the Kings are going to win this series, they better do it in six. Now nah, it's happening. They, they better they, do it in six. I think they, they should do it. They, it can't go to seven. After they go yesterday, to seven. I'm not gonna lie. After yesterday, I kind of got to go in at five. Sacramento in five. Whoa! Five. See, I'm not saying five. that. Sacramento in five. Anyway, on that note, last question. Uh, bro said five. 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 Yes. <laughs> I've seen hey. I've hey, seen enough. Hey, Brian be saying the most egregious said, things on the show sometimes. Five? We, we, told, we just ignore on, it did sometimes. You, did you tell Paul about who you think is better, Draymond Green or Charles Barkley? <laughs> who you think is better, Paul? <laughs> Who's better? This is a conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Brad. Thank you.
thank you. Thank it's you. That's all, that's, it. that's all we need to hear. It's that's not. all we need to hear. Okay, that was a bad take on me. Yeah. <laughs> bro, that's, bro, hey, we going to have to talk. Hey, yeah. we're going to have an offline. I'm going to hit your phone. I'm going to hit your phone, bro. That's all we need to hear. Thank you. All right, so this is the last question, fellas, before we wrap up the show for today, man. It's It's been nothing short of entertaining and hilarious, man. But this is my question on a serious note. So, you know, if you've been watching the series, and I know we all have, and the Warriors, if the Warriors are able to overcome this uphill battle and beat the Kings in this series, does this guarantee that they will be back in the finals again? Absolutely this not. is arguably Absolutely not. So, so let me finish. This is arguably the toughest opponent that they've probably face so far you can see it on the the emotion on their face the way Steph's playing the way Clay's playing the way Draymond's even getting ejected in game two already so I know everyone's shaking their head no but you know, feel me like you win this they they win this series they gotta play they gotta play Braun they gotta play the Braun the next round so like that's no. a that's a it's a t- it's a tough battle man I don't think I think this is the end for Golden State as we currently know it mm. I don't think it's the end. We always say it's the end. Last year was the end when they got down to the Celtics. Like, you can't kill them, dudes. But you like they they've earned the right. That was a this is a bad matchup for them, though, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah. This is a this is a bad matchup for them. But I don't think it's over for them, bro. I, I still think they win this series in seven. And if they play Braun in them, uh, Braun and them, assuming they get there, that's gonna be another dog fight. Whoever come out of that Nuggets Clippers series, I'm gonna put that in the universe. Is gonna get a team that's beat up. They're, oh, like, yeah, yeah, they're gonna yeah, be beat yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. This Warriors team, this Warrior team, King team again. Be, it looked like if John Morant hurt, it kind of looked like the Lakers gonna have an easy walk if John Morant's not playing, cause like they kind of won it convincingly towards the end of the game. Game. But the Grizzlies play well without John. Like not, and you know they they proven they can play. Yeah, they play. They can yeah, win. They without miss Steven yeah, they Adams. They miss. Yeah, they miss like Brandon Clark. They miss Steven Adams. So like those those pieces you have to stop Anthony Davis are gone now. So but that's like, a good true. point, Paul. They do true. play well without him. But Facts. Steven Adams be setting those screens, bro. You can tell they hurting without him. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, fellas, that's gonna conclude our show for today. It's been a long show. It's been a great show. Great at show, all. Paul. Um, on behalf of everybody, we just want to thank you for coming on the show, chopping it up with us, talking a little basketball with us, and bestowing above anything knowledge yeah a lot of gems um, nah man appreciate it bro i'm uh happy to had a chance to talk with y'all man like i told you in, in new york man y'all family to me like and now i got extended family it's it's, it's big man the hbcu love it run deep you know and anything i can do to help and be a resource you know for sure let me know you know where my heart at bro like all these other accolades is cool but the legacy is bringing people with you and helping other people elevate that's 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 what's gonna be my legacy Yes, sir. And so, fellas, anything, any final remarks for Paul before we let him go? Thank you for the knowledge yeah, and everything. Man. Learned a lot from this. Thank you. Hey, I'll see y'all in the fall, man. Make that happen, bro. Oh, yes, I'm, I'm coming. I'm, we gonna, I'm, we I'm coming. I'm on the way. I appreciate you for coming on, Paul. I just want to let you know, man, keep grinding, man. You're doing great things. Keep and, grinding. Uh, like I could just see like your future. There's a lot more in your future, brother. So just keep going. Bro. I appreciate I appreciate that. But what what a uh, little baby say? They say I got lucky last time. I say you know let 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 run it back. Let's do it again, <laughs> sir. Yes, sir, <laughs> brother. That, we appreciate you, man. I'm gonna hit your phone right, soon, brother. We are gonna have to discuss that Draymond <laughs> versus Charles Barkley conversation. Yeah, man, you wilding on man, that one. Hey, bro. I might we gonna have to have a conversation, bro. I'm, I might need that sweatshirt out you. <laughs> we might have to send you to the transport portal. No. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, it's been a pleasure, brother. See you soon. All right, man. Later. Halftime of the Playmakers is produced in the studios of WAM FM 90.5 in the School of Journalism and Graphic Communication at Florida AM University.